I'm excited about us being here together as a family and uh, that God is going to stir inside of us in his church that we can do more. Who believes that you can do more for God? Let me ask you that question. Now, be careful, all right, because you're saying I can do more for God, which is telling me there's opportunity to use you or for God to use you. Last week, we looked about being faith-filled. We looked about big thinking, that we will never insult God with what? Small thinking or safe living. My hope, obviously, in prayer this week, uh, as well as last week, is that you actually begin to implement that into your life. You know, we, we, we are a, a relationship that, that we have with Christ, and we have to have faith in order to have that relationship. We have to have faith that God is, what, existent, that he gave his son. And, and for us to say that, you know what, maybe sometimes we lack in faith with God or, or we don't believe that God can fulfill the prayers that we have or the needs that we have, you know, we're, we're really downplaying the power in which God has. And I said this Wednesday night in my Bible study, and I encourage you to come out on Wednesday nights to be a part of that Bible study. It, it's great. It'll grow you as an individual spiritually. But I said, you know, we have to be challenged in God's work. We must be challenged. We need to walk away every time that we're either in the Bible, in a devotional time, or even when we come together as, a, as the body of Christ, we need to be challenged. And today, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge you. And we're going to look at, uh, in John chapter 4, I'll give you a head start. You can get there. You can look at your bulletin. There is an uh, outline of my message there. version also has an outline of my message on the Bible app. But we're going to look at a, a, a couple of verses here that... Jesus had just encountered the woman at the well here, okay? He had, he had done great things there. He offered her living water. You know, same thing that we have been offered in our lives. For those of you, us who are Christ followers, Jesus has offered living water. And, and the disciples were concerned in this moment about Jesus. And we're going to look at verse 31 here for a moment. It says this, the disciples urged him, rabbi, meaning Jesus. This is what they said, eat something. Now everybody say eat something. All right, now think about, you know, it's crazy because you'll sit here on a Sunday morning and a lot of times during, especially during the message, I don't know why this happens during the message, but you start thinking to yourself, what are we going to have for lunch? Or if you have a plan already, you can't wait to get there. You know, you can't wait to have that. So the disciples in this moment, they're saying these words. They're saying, eat something. So they're concerned about Jesus. There's an actual concern here for Jesus. So he says, they say, eat something. But Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples are saying, look, we're worried about you. Uh, you've got to be hungry. We don't know how long it's been since Jesus had ate anything. So they came to him and they said, you need to eat something, Jesus. You need to, to kind of get a refresher. You need to, to fill yourself. But Jesus says, you know what? I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Verse 33 goes on to say, then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him some food? Now, I want to stop there for just a brief moment and think, could you imagine trying to feed Jesus? Think about that. Just imagine how much preparation you put into to a holiday meal when you have friends and family coming over. Some of you are like, I don't cook. Okay, just pretend that you do for a second, all right? Look at the person beside you who has cooked and you see the sweat running off their head right now, all right? But think about this. When you bring friends over, you bring family over to your house, it's typically not there. 
I don't know about you, but in our house, because we got little guys and, and they make a big mess, all right? But we're frantically going through the house and we're trying to clean everything that we can possibly clean up, all right? And in the meantime, my wife is Pinteresting every great recipe that she can find and we hope that it's a home run and not a strikeout because Lord knows there's been some strikeouts in Pinterest. Not saying my wife, not saying my wife. All right, but some of you know what I mean. All right. So he, they're concerned about, you know, the disciples in this moment feeding Jesus. Jesus, you need to be fed. But Jesus is saying, look, I've ate and it's something that you have never had before, in other words. So he goes on to verse 34. Jesus says something that's really powerful. And this is what he says. My food said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He doesn't say I need the natural food, but Jesus says in this moment, the very thing that fills me the most, the very thing that gives me the most pleasure, the very thing that, 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 that almost really completes him is to do the will of God, to do the will of his Father, to finish his work. Now, he says, you know, my food, my nourishment is something else, something that you don't understand. You know, what's interesting to me is that the disciples were concerned about Jesus consuming, consuming the natural food, filling himself up in his earthly body. But Jesus wasn't consumed or worried about that he is more worried in this passage of scripture of making sure people like you and me are being filled with scripture, with God's spirit, with relationship. In reality, what we see here is a lesson of selflessness. Now, we understand it's easy to be selfish. Think about that for a moment. Example, two-year-old. Have you ever had to teach a two-year-old to be selfish. No. You don't have to take, I don't have to take my little guy, Caden, and sit him down and give him a toy and say, look, don't give this toy to anybody. Don't share it. No. If I sit him down and I give him a toy and he's in, into the toy, if his focus is right there, and then I go, what? Not, not even me, but Carter comes to take the toy away. Hey, that's mine. You don't touch that. In that moment, we are born innocently with a selfish attitude. Now, unfortunately, some of us as adults also take on that attitude. Think about this for a second. How about your favorite spot to sit in church? And somebody sits in your spot. God forbid that a visitor came and sat in your spot. We get all worked up, don't we, sometimes? Yeah. How about this, your favorite parking spot at work? You know, you, you, you have your favorite parking spot and everybody knows where you park and somebody who knows where you park purposely parked in your spot just to get under your skin. What happens? You get selfish, right? We're born instantly with a selfish attitude. You know, I, 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 you, know you can find this one at home. You can see at the dinner table, Everybody has their spot where they sit down. Think about that. You have your spot. Do not mess my spot up because it's going to give me indigestion if you sit in my seat or a massive case of the heartburn. Does anybody feel that way ever? Am I the only person that gets worked up 
Am I the only selfish person in this room right now? Okay, then this message is for me. See, we can talk back and forth this way right now because we're a smaller crowd. But by nature, we're self-centered, we're selfish individuals. In other words, this is what we are. We are spiritual consumers rather than spiritual contributors. We are not spiritual consumers, we are spiritual contributors. And the church does not exist for us, but we are the church. And watch this, we exist for the world. I wanna, I wanna say that again. We are not spiritual consumers, we are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us, but we are the church and we are to exist for the world. Now, that's hard to understand. Check this out. A lot of times people will, you know, they're, they're in the midst of maybe uh, church shopping. Have you ever heard of anybody church shopping before? Okay. And, you know, they're, they're going around to trying to find the church that best fits their need. Maybe our attitude needs to be, maybe I need to plug in so I can best fit the needs of other people rather than looking at what I can get. Think about that for a moment. We get so caught up. I mean, we're a consumer-driven world, society. You get on your media. You get on your internet. You get on your social media, Facebook. You get whatever it is you do. ESPN in the morning, first thing, right? Whatever it is you do, you get involved in it, and it's something that's trying to get your attention to click here, to buy this, to go there. And we're all about being caught up as being a consumer. When Jesus is trying to teach us in these few verses, it's not all about you, but it's about the person beside you. Imagine if we could change our attitude and turn things around. If we became more interested in the needs of the person beside us or behind us or in front of us versus the needs of me, how much more would our world be different? We're going to look at two things this morning. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, God calls you to serve in his church. God calls you to serve in his church. He has given you giftings. He has given you talents. He has given you abilities. Some of which you've never even tapped into. Because God is waiting for you to take on the mentality that I want to do more for him rather than he doing more for me. You see, we are all blessed with different things about us. So God calls you to serve in his church. The challenge with us in this world that we live in is that God never intended the church to be a building. That was never the intent. You see, we come to church and we come into this place that we call church. But the church literally is the people and not the building. God calls us to serve in his church, which means we need to contribute to the people that are also in this church with us and as well as the people who are outside of this church. Um, we don't go to church, but rather we are the church. And we are here for one purpose, and that is the world. The whole mentality of, of understanding where we have become a church uh, actually back in three, 313 AD with Constantine, before that time, 
It was illegal for Christianity to gather in a building. It was even, in fact, illegal for, for the religion to even come together as a group of people. But in that time frame, it was made legal to where people could come. So that's how we got to the point of understanding that the church is a building. But we need to kind of erase that thought process or, or that mentality and understand that the church is not necessarily the building. I, I, I love that we have a church building to come into. I do. We're fortunate for that because, one, we're out of the elements, right? We can come in here. We can be together. We can have a place where we can gather together in fellowship. We can have a place where we can gather together and worship our God. We can have a place where we can gather together, gather together and learn of his word. But we need to understand that the church is not all about this building. And we don't need to get caught up in that. We need to get caught up in the church as being you and I. That we are the church. And God is calling us to serve in it. Romans 12, 6-8 says this. In his grace, God has given us. He's given us different gifts for doing certain things. Check this out well. Verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Next verse. If your gift is serving others, then you do that well. You serve them well. If you are a teacher, then you teach well. Go on to the next verse. If your gift is encouragement to others, be encouraging. If it is giving, Give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility, what? Seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then we are to do it gladly. You know, sometimes we don't know what our gift is. Sometimes we struggle with our gift. So I'm going to be honest here with you for a second. I'm going to give you an illustration here. And this illustration was, was, was done in Bible college for us to understand what our giftings and abilities are. So I'm going to read it to you right fast. Imagine that you're sitting at a table and you're eating an apple pie. Who likes apple pie? Yes. With a, with a scoop of ice cream. Hey, take the ice cream away. We're not doing that right now, okay? We're trying to get lean. All right. So we've got a piece of apple pie, sugar-free. No, I'm just kidding. All right, forget that. We have a piece of apple pie. Imagine it's at the table. You're eating it. And it's on the edge and you take a bite or you scoop at it and it falls in your lap. Anybody else in here, would they cry? I would. I would be upset. All right. So if, if, if this is you, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Here, let me help clean it up. I'll take care of it. Just stay still. And you immediately go to work. You have a gift of serving. Anybody in here have a gift of serving? Excellent. Next time I drop something in a potluck that we have here, I'm looking to you guys to come and clean me up. All right? I'm just kidding. All right. Now, here we go. If you say, oh, I can't believe that happened. Here, I want to buy you another one. And oh, you know what? I want everybody to have their own apple pie. You might be generous. You might have the gift of generosity. Does anybody have that gift in here? Yes, when I need something, I'm coming to you. All right. If you would say, you know what, hey, don't worry. We can get this organized in no time at all. 
You go get this, you go get that. Snap, 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 let's get it done. We'll be done in 30 seconds or less. Don't look at the person beside you, but that's a bossy individual. Does anybody have the gift of leadership and organization? All right. That's awesome. Bossy. That's what you are. <laughs> Someone else is going to say, oh, man, that's funny. I did that the other day. In fact, I've got an apple pie. Watch this. I'm going to throw it on me. That would be the gift of an, as an encourager. Does anybody have that? Is anybody an encourager? You have the gift of encouraging others. You see, or how about this? Oh, man, I hurt with you. I feel so bad because you've ruined your clothes. I can't believe this has happened. I'm scared it's going to happen to me now. You've got kindness in your heart. You're being empathetic in that moment. I'm not going to say pathetic. You're being empathetic in that moment. Does anybody show empathy to people? Kindness? Some of you got like three and four gifts. That's awesome. We can really use you. Some would say, you know what? There's a really better way to eat it. I've researched it. I've got a chart. I've got seven steps to eating an apple pie. You're a teacher. Does anybody have that gift? You can teach others? Okay, not really. All right, cool. Think about those for a second. We've all been designed and gifted with different abilities, different ways. We're all different. You see, the, 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 the giftings that was labeled there that, that Paul had mentioned are not necessarily all that there is, but there's thousands and thousands of gifts that we all have, abilities, talents that God wants to use. You see, as Jesus followers, there's something that God has for us to do. Sometimes we look around and we'll say, you know, I have giftings, but our church doesn't do that, so therefore I can't be involved. Maybe you're the start of it. Maybe you're the pioneer. Maybe God has given you a spirit to be a pioneer and to set out and let's do things different. Let's see something different. Thought number one, God calls you to serve in his church. Second one is this. God also calls you to serve as his church. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. And I love this scripture and I, I briefly mentioned it Wednesday night. He says, you are... The light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. Let your talent be used. You're to serve as his church to this darkened world and society that we live in. We give it flavor. We give it hope. And that's our job. Letting our light be seen. You see, ask yourself this in the past seven days. How many people would know by the way you live that you're different? I'm going to repeat that. Ask yourself in the past seven days, how many people would know by the way you live that you are different? Do they see your good works? Does it intrigue them? Do they see how you tick and, and the decisions that you make and, and that you're not flying off, being angered or upset? 
Are you loving people? Are you even loving those who, who maybe ridicule you and say things about you? And these people know it. People around you know what others say about you. And you're still showing love. You see, we have to serve God as the church. He says that we're the light of the world. My vision for us as our church is for us to love others, to love people. I've said this the last couple of weeks in our Wednesday night Bible study, and I'm, I'm going to continue on this. And it's going to be because Jesus loves. If he didn't love, he would have never gave you hope. He would have never gave you salvation. And so we have to share this same love to others. We have to be compassionate. We have to be a teacher. We have to be in the prophetic. We have to be in leadership. We have to be empathetic. We have to show kindness. Because these are the qualities that God has given us. The same Jesus that rose from the dead. The same Jesus that healed the sick. That raised people. That, that, that opened the eyes of the blind. The same Jesus that was walking on water. That same power is the same power that rests inside of every single one of us. I have a couple of stories here that I, I want to read to you right quick. Randy said this, my life was falling apart. My wife was leaving me. I had evil. I had hate. I didn't want to live any longer and I really hated people. I had addictions. I begged Christ Jesus into my life because I couldn't take the pain any longer. I'm not going to say that I'm better than another person. I'm just better than I was. Why? Because someone contributed into my life. A girl named Emma said, I didn't want to feel lost anymore. I feel like I was all alone and I didn't have anyone. And I didn't like that feeling. I wanted to be wanted. I wanted someone to help me feel needed. And God was that answer. Why? Because someone contributed in her life. Lisa said, I was desperate for a second chance. The mistakes and the sins I had committed have ate away at me day and night. The constant shame I felt was overwhelming. I, was, I felt as though I was drowning and I needed to know that God loved me despite of my flaws. I needed the hope that came from accepting Christ. Because someone contributed to her life. Tiffany said, I was young and was just starting to see that life could be hard sometimes. Even for privileged middle America. I thought if I could do it with help and with an inner peace that I'd be better than doing it alone and with uncertainty. I always believed if you want to be better at something that you get a coach. I wanted to be better at life. So I got the best coach of all. Jesus Christ. Why? Because someone contributed in her life. Evan said, I got to the end of my rope and I realized that the entire time I was climbing down, I was just trying to satisfy myself. It wasn't until I hit rock bottom that I realized that if my life was going to be worth anything, I was going to have to climb back up. But the only way that was possible was for me to fully surrender to Jesus. Why? Because someone contributed to his life. Our words need to essentially say this, the words of Jesus. When everyone else thinks about fill me, fill me, fill me, what actually fills me is contributing to others' life. I have another story I want to tell you, and it's about a young man 
He was young in the moment. And uh, he found his way into a church. He, he wasn't churched. He, he wasn't versed with scripture. He didn't really know much about church or really didn't even care to know. But for some reason, he found himself one Sunday morning in a church service like we are in this morning. It was a very small crowd and the pastor of the church wanted someone new to read the scripture to open up the service. So he went to this young man in front of everybody and said, hey, will you come here and read, these, read a, a scripture to us? The young man said, sure. So he gets up, he opens the Bible. He didn't know where to look. He didn't know where to turn. He just started reading a scripture. Apparently the scripture didn't fit in the moment. And the pastor said, son, wait a minute. What book are you reading from? And the young man said, the Bible. Well, the congregation began to laugh at him. He didn't understand that the book was written, that the Bible is comprised of many books. So the, the, the pastor said, no, look on top of the page and read to me what it says. And so the young man read to him what the name of the book was, and he totally butchered that. And the congregation, again, laughed and ridiculed and mocked the young man. True story. The young man stepped down. He sat back in his seat, which many of us probably would not have. Most of us probably would have exited the door that day. But he sat down in that seat and he told himself, I will never again step in foot of a church. Years down the road, the young man had several kids. He was married and he came down with a sickness. He came down with cancer and his wife couldn't take it. Couldn't take being married to a cancer patient. So she left him. The young man was distraught. He was very upset. His family has been broken apart. So he continued on in life and he got up with a girlfriend and they were seeing each other and things didn't go well and they broke up. And at this point, this young man who is now probably in the middle ages is very distraught, very upset, very confused. And he thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to go take my life. Story goes on to say that he went and, and, and there was a mountain range near him that had a, a large overlook to it. And he got in his car and he was driving up that mountain with the intent to go up there and to jump off that ledge and to commit suicide and just to end all his pain. As he was driving up, he didn't realize that on top of that mountain at that overpass was a church that was built into the mountain. Very strange. He got up there and he noticed it was a large crowd of people. Hundreds, if not thousands of people were trying to pour into this church. The overlook was right in front of the church, right across from it. And he's parked in the church parking lot and he's trying to get over there. But there's so many people going into the church that for some reason he couldn't explain it. He just found himself going into the church. That day, this young man gave his life to Jesus Christ. His life was changed forever. He still attends that church and he's now a volunteer and he heads up ministries. Why? Because someone contributed into his life. I say that to say because we all in this room have had people contribute to our life spiritually. And that's why you are here. And that's why God calls us and gives us that great commission to spread the word throughout the entire world so that we can make an impact like was made in Lisa's and Emma's, Randy's, Tiffany's, Evan's life and this young man that I just spoke of. So what are you doing? How are you contributing? Are you serving in the church? Are you serving as the church? Are you a contributor? Or have you got so caught up in being a consumer that it's all about what 
can I get rather than what can I give? See, Jesus said it clearly. He said, the greatest thing for me to do is to do the will of my Father. We have all been challenged with the will of the Father in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John by taking the word and giving it to all that we come in contact with. So are you a contributor or are you a consumer? That's my question to you. Only you can answer that. Only you know how you have been living your life. Only you know what you've been pouring into others. Or have you been expecting them all the time to pour in to you? See, we are the church, not the building, but the people. And we need to do our part. Stay with me this morning. Nine and a half, ten years ago, your own pastor had to have somebody contribute in my life. Lowest point in my life, I had to somebody have someone contribute. I'll never forget what he had done for me, and I'll, I'll never be able to repay him for what he'd done for me. I want to look in the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm being a contributor. I know I'm fulfilling the purpose and the role that God has got for my life. My hope is that you look in the mirror and you want the same thing. You see, this message is to distract you from the way things have been in your life. If you've been caught up in the consumerism, what can I get from the church? What does the church have for me? What does Pastor Kevin have for me today? What are the ministries, different ministries of the church that they have for me? It's time that we as a church begin to contribute. My vision for this church is that we are so involved in our community and surrounding areas that if we're not involved, people are going, I miss that. Where are they? Why aren't they helping out? Sometimes people could look at us and go, are they even a church? What are they doing to help out the community? What are they doing to contribute into others' lives? You see, we're going to change that mindset. God is changing that mindset in this church, in your life. God this morning has already challenged you. I wonder if maybe somebody just popped up in your head who you can contribute into, who you could pour into. You say, Pastor Kevin, I don't have the words to say. I don't know what to do. God will give it. Just open your mouth. It's amazing sometimes how just a regular conversation can lead into something breaking. Pastor Kevin, I, I don't know what my abilities are. I don't, I don't have talents. You know what? We need volunteers all the time to just shake people's hands. Do that until God pours it into you. God will use a willing vessel, but you must be willing for God to use you. So today... I normally would say, you know what, if that's you this morning, I want you to step out. You want to say, God, use me. I want to be a contributor. Use me. You know what, that's every one of us. Every one of us, including myself, can be used more of God. I need to contribute more. I need to do more. So I'm going to ask you quickly, just step out from where you're at. Come on. Just stand here for a minute. I I don't know what you've got, but you're going to play something, and you're going to sing. And I want, to th- I want you to think. I want you to begin to think of that mentality. God, how can this be 
different? How can I be different? How can I contribute into my community? How can I contribute into my church? How can I contribute as the church? That needs to be our goal right now. Not, God, what what can I take away from this service today? What are you going to give me through your word? How about this? God, what are you going to give me through your word that I can give to someone else to encourage them? Because you know what the greatest encouragement for me is? To see you encouraged. The greatest encouragement for me is when I have to sit in the office and somebody comes in and they're in tears because they're struggling. And I can give them something that I have not been prepared for because it came out of nowhere. And they walk away encouraged and having a relationship with God. And I'm like, wow, that is so cool. God gives us these opportunities all the time. We just have to say, God, give us the words. God, take my abilities, my talents. I'm a friendly person. I can open a door for people. I've got direction. I can park people in the parking lot. You know what? I'm a neat freak. I can help around picking things up around the church. I'm great at gardening. I could do the bushes. You know, we all have something that we can do for God. I can cook. See Jackie Derrickson, she'll put you to work. Or even Glenda. With some of the meals for the people who, who go through deaths and stuff. You see, we all have abilities and talents. You might say, you know what, I'm an organizer. Come see me. We can organize a ministry together. We can make it happen. You say, I, you know, I feel like God's calling me to be a teacher. I can teach things. Kid City needs help. The youth need help. We have different ministries. One of my goals is for Wednesday nights for us to have a children's ministry on Wednesday nights because I want to see more adults in this room. I want to see kids being filled with more of God. But we need the help. Two, three, four people can't do it. We must be a team. So God is calling us to contribute in his church. And God is calling us to contribute as his church. Because one day, there's going to be people, like I just read off, that are going to be able to look back and say, you know what? Miss Teresa contributed in my life. Matt contributed into my life. Think about that. How rewarding that would be for you. The encouragement that you would get from that. Let's pray. God, I just love you. And God, I want to thank you for the contributors in all of our lives who's contributed. Because Lord, if they didn't contribute, we wouldn't be standing here today. So God, I thank you for them. I thank you for the people that have paved the way for all of us to be here. And God, I thank you for the challenge that you have given us today that we would serve you and contribute in the church and to contribute as the church. Help us, Lord, not to have that selfish mentality, but Lord, to have the selfless mentality. God, that you would take our abilities and giftings and talents and use them not for our gain, but God, for others' gain, for other people to gain. God, in this room, we, we, we have so many different giftings, abilities, talents, 
I'm just asking, Lord, for your spirit to begin to pour out and to mature us as believers, to call us out, to give us boldness and courage to step out from where we have been sitting or what we've been doing for so long to say, God, now I'm ready to be used. It's been late. I know I'm late to the game, but Lord, put me in. Put me in. Let me make a difference in somebody's life because you made a difference in mine. Put me in, Lord. God, if I could be somebody that could contribute, like like the story was told of of the young man who was ready to commit suicide, I want to save somebody's life through you. God, allow that to be our will, our desire for all of us. God, we love you. So for every one of us that are standing here today, pour out that spirit, pour out that love that we're not about me, 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 fill me. But Lord, that we could use the words of Jesus, words of you, Lord, where you said, it's all about doing the Father's will. You sent me. That's how we need to be filled. Knowing, Lord, that we have accomplished your will. So God, as a church, as a people of gathering, Let us go out into our community and let's make a difference. Let's make a difference in this world. Let's contribute to someone's life. Let's share your gospel, your commission that you have given us. And it is great. It's not small. But not only do I want us as a church to impact our community, but I want us as a church, Lord, and I'm believing we will impact our world. Because God, we're going to be about your business, your will, your plan. So Father, we love you and we praise you. God, as we leave here this morning, our prayer is this. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. Love you guys.